This is Gary Barnett, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Enjoy. Eight years and ten months, 102 Fulham Premier League games, seven Fulham managers, three Prime Ministers and thousands of Nottingham Forest signings. We've been through all of this and much, much more since Fulham last came back from behind to win on the road in the Premier League at Norwich in December 2013. As Fulham travelled up the M1 to face Nottingham Forest, who could have predicted what was to come? Join me, your host, Dylan Chavas. Tristan Paturicic and Sam Diamond as we recap what was a fabulous Friday night performance against a fellow promoted side and also look ahead to the Magpie meeting on the horizon. Fulham. So guys, uh, with the team news, when the team news came in on Friday night, um, obviously the, the main headline would have been Willian making his full debut. Uh, Tristan, how did you rate our chances going into the game? Um, and then again, when you saw the teams announced, yeah, I was quite, I was quite bullish. I think the one was obviously Robinson, wasn't it? That we weren't sure about. Um, and funnily enough, I'd said on the previous pod after the Spurs game that I thought possibly the move there, rather than Mbabu, should have been Ream to, to, to left back, considering he played there. So I think that 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 I wasn't too concerned about Willian. I think I, I, you know, made sense. I think I, it's, I'm not sure. If if Cabano's kind of being dropped back a little bit to more of a squad player at the moment, but um, yeah, William came in, and 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 I think you, you know for me, I I didn't, I was always quite confident going into the game. I didn't particularly that didn't really change with the starting lineup. I thought the the the, the starting lineup that was out there was more than capable of of doing the job. It it did. Yeah, no, I I'd, I'd argue it was a capable eleven. You know. Um... Anthony Robinson obviously went off injured against Spurs, who so was a bit touch and go heading into the game. Um, it was a slow start, I think it's fair to say, uh, and we went 1-0 down after Taiwo Awani, the uh, summer signing for Forest from Union Berlin, headed home. Uh, it was some poor defending that led to the goal being scored, wasn't it, Sam? I wonder if you could just talk me through the goal. Yeah, it was, and uh, th- th- this is something in what has been a, a positive season so far that has worried me, is our defending at set pieces for a team that's that's much taller than we've usually had uh, is still pretty shaky. Um, the, the goal itself, I mean, whether the corner should have been given in the first place is up for debate, but it was all very, very straightforward, flick on, People weren't picking up their their men, and it was a simple header. Funny enough, Forrest only had two corners in the whole game, and they should have scored from their second in the second half as well. Uh, almost identical situation, and um, added to the goals that we've conceded from corners against Arsenal and Brentford already this season. It is something, as I say, I'm just slightly worried about. Yeah, I guess it's a uh, it's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, so we went in we went in at half time one nil down, and I had to admit. I was following the game on my phone. I, I couldn't get up there on a Friday night. And I just thought it felt like one of those games where, you know, we look good, but ultimately we we just lose by the odd goal or even two. Tristan, I know you were thinking something similar at the time. Uh, but then Tosin scored the equaliser on 54 minutes. Um, 
yeah, I guess talk me through your halftime team talk with uh, Wigo and Frenchie, um, and then just what happened. Yeah, it was yeah. Well, so I I, I bumped into Matt in the in the area just outside um, the stand at halftime, and um, you know I'd, I I we we discussed it, and both of us said you know we were the better, we felt we'd been the better side in the first half, and but but there are, we we diverged a bit because Wigo was kind of of the opinion that we'd come good and that we'd probably win it, you know, reasonably comfortable. And I and, and I said it just felt like it was going to be a bit of one of those games. Um, you know, you could see us kind of battering them for the second half, not quite getting the rub of the green and, and, and them nicking a second on the counter and, you know, just, just one of them days. But, you know, I, th- I think it was probably quite important to to avoid that, that we, we got back in the game quite early. And it was, you know, it was a, a training ground set piece, wasn't it? You know, Mitrovic with a block and toes in with a header and 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 you could see his eyes light up we were we, we were kind of stood not far from from for obviously the goals all happened in front of us but where I was was was, was quite close to that and you know you could you, you could see he, he looked confident sort of getting towards the ball and then yeah it was just 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 almost that carnage of the the, the feeling when you're you're still almost celebrating the previous goal when the next one goes in and and we've seen that you know a few times over the years at Fulham, but it doesn't happen very often that you know that 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 then happens again, and you're still celebrating from goal number two when the third one goes in. So yeah, it was a bit it was a bit. Kind of, I mean, what a strike that is from from, from Polina, obviously, and 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 actually from kind of the side and seeing it side on like I did, you you didn't quite realise what a great strike it was because you, I couldn't see the curl on it from there. Um, and then the third goal was a fantastic team move, obviously exploiting the space that our former lonely Nico decided to leave a gaping gap down that, that right-hand side of their defence. A brilliant ball from from Mitro and, and, and Reed's done a great job. I had a conversation today and said, you know, it'd be interesting, only the player himself, only, only Deckard over Reed will know, whether he actually, you know, just played the ball into an area or whether he was actually picking out Harrison Reed. If it was the latter, then then what a ball that is. It, it, even if it's the former, it's still a very good ball into the box. But, you know, if he was if he's specifically trying to pick out Harrison Reed, it was a tremendous ball. Um and, and lovely to see him score his goal. So yeah, no, it was brilliant. It was um it was the best <laughs> six minutes we've had in the Premier League for a long time. And and, you know, you say about the, the eight eight years or so since we 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 won from, from coming from behind away from home. I've got a I, I haven't checked this, but I, my my gut feeling is I can't remember us scoring three away from home in the Premier League since that Palace game, the Kasami no, one. I, I think I that was another just... stat that was mentioned. We hadn't scored three away from home since that four one right. Palace win, and that was October twenty thirteen. I think um, obviously the Kasami yeah. won the goal, and um, the the Breda Hangland scored no or Berbatov. Somebody scored in that goal that game, and it was. But, but... Sid Sidwell got one that would have been mm. goal of the season if it had been for Kasami in the same game. Berbatov got yeah. a flipped header and then Senderov scored like a, a, a scissor kick volley from a corner as well. <laughs> I think I think it might have been Berbatov's was the, the first goal ever to be um, scored using the goal line technology system in the Premier League. Or maybe I'm dreaming, but I think that's the case. So yes, Sam, I just wanted to rewind back to that um, that Joao Polinia goal. Um, obviously a very special strike. Um but then celebrating, he uh, he got lost in the emotion of it all, as he so often does 
or if he's become accustomed to in a, in a Fulham shirt, and he'll, uh, he picked up his fifth booking of the season as a result, um, and he'll now miss the next game against Newcastle. Uh, just how miss, how big a miss do you think it'll be, or do you think it's maybe a good thing that with such a good re- run of like, favourable games coming up in October that he's now got a period of enforced rest? Well, we all knew that he was going to have to miss a game soon. Um, I perhaps would have rather it been the West Ham away game, but as you say, October, after the start we've had, October looks quite favourable. So, sure, we'll, we'll play without him against Newcastle, but he will be a big miss because he has been absolutely sensational. Like Tristan, I didn't realise quite how good that goal was until I saw it back um, from the game. And he's just made it look absolutely effortless, which is pretty much how he plays in general. Or just everything he does, he makes look easy. Uh, and he's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, at fifteen million pounds, I'm I'm thinking he must be the bargain of the summer, surely. Um, you know, not a, a lesser fee than what we paid for Angisa, and arguably twice a player. You know, and he's plenty of passion for the club already too, which is always great to see. And aside from Issa Diop, he's maybe one of the two signings where we've actually, you know, gone into double figures in terms of uh, you know the millions spent. But he's worth every penny, isn't he? I have a friend who supports, uh, is a season ticket holder at Sporting Lisbon, and he sent me a message back in June, just when we were being linked with him, and said, I can't believe Fulham are being linked with Paulinho. He is comfortably the best defensive midfielder in Portugal. He's better than Ruben Neves. He's better than William Carvalho. He's better than Danilo. And for the, the money that they were talking, he, he just said it was absolutely insane. And of course, as soon as Wolves came sniffing around, I thought, well, we're not going to get him. And then somehow... It happened, and I mean, we just—he's just one of those players that we have to enjoy while we can. Not necessarily because I think he's going to go to a bigger club, but because he's going to be suspended for half the season. But by God, he's good. Yeah, he's—he's he's a special, special player. He sort of—I don't want to say he's up there with sort of the my favourite players to watch for Fulham, but every single time I watch him play. He's just like he's some sort of battering ram, I think. He just runs runs into people and he somehow always comes out with a ball. He clearly loves playing for Fulham. And I, I just hope he um he stays for a while because I can see him getting snapped up in a couple of summers if he carries on the way he's going. But he's just absolutely incredible and a complete breath of fresh air, isn't he? Um well, whilst we're on Yeah. Oh no, good go on, you go. No, so yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, I think, I think the thing is as well, we've been, we, I, I, and you don't know what, whether, whether it's, you know, the, the length of the contract there, five years plus one, is, is partly due to, due to, you know, FFP and smoothing out the, the fee over a longer period through amortisation. But whatever the reason, the fact that we've got him for as long as that, I think, you know, it's a real positive because if he does end up going somewhere in a year or two years' time because he's he's clearly, you know, good enough for probably top four, if not top six, um, we'll get a lot of money for him. We'll, we'll you know, it'll be double or more what we've paid for him already, I would have thought, and that, that's only going to go up. So I, I think, you know, financially it will work out very well for us, but, you know, we want to keep him as long as we can because you, you don't get players of that quality at Fulham very often. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that. Um, I was just going to say that it's not often that I would credit our board with the decisions they make when it comes to signing players and the, the contracts they do and don't hand out but the fact that as Tristan says five years plus the option of one I just hope there's no clause in there that we're not aware of that allows him to talk to a team in the Champions League or something like that 
Um, and yeah, as 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 you both point out, if he's going anywhere, then we've got to be looking towards a hundred million. Wow, there's a, there's a number you never thought you'd hear associated with Fulham Football Club, but the time's always going to come, isn't it? So whilst we're on, um, I know the subject of defensive midfielders, Harrison Reed finally scored his first goal for Fulham on Friday to make it three-one. Now, I don't think there is any squad member more deserving of a goal than him. Surely, I mean, it was a really decent finish too. And uh, now he's got that first one off his back. Is it going to be like a London bus and he'll, uh, he'll score a second against Newcastle? No. <laughs> but... He doesn't strike me as someone who's suddenly going to go on a run of, you know, six goals in eight or something like that. But, you know, absolutely agree. Lovely for him to get his goal. Was, wasn't he happy? I mean, you could see running over to the fans how delighted he was to get the goal. Um, you know, couldn't happen to a nicer fella type thing, and, and 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 brilliant, and it just shows how much that entire squad is is buying into the way we're playing and trying to get forward in numbers, and you know we've just got look, we've just gone one nil up away, uh, sorry, two one up away from home in a game that's really important against close rivals. And, you know, this is where under previous managers, I'm not going to mention any names in case I catch fire. Um, and under previous managers, we, you, you know, we would have at that point started trying to slow it down and shut up shop. And, you, you, you know, under Marco Silva, we're still, you know, committing players forward and getting our defensive midfielder running into the box and, 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 and scoring a third. And I think that... You know, we, we're winning games because of that. I think if, if if we went the other way and tried to hold on to that 2-1 lead, we'd probably end up drawing the game. So, you, you, you know, again, another player that's just buying into everything that the, the, the management team at Fulham are, are kind of putting forward. And, and, and it's, it's, it's so lovely to watch. Mm, yeah, the, well, obviously the Reed goal caps the incredible six-minute spell and the turnaround for Fulham. For me, I don't know if you can remember this one, it evokes memories of a game against Ipswich at the start of 2018 where we scored four goals in eight minutes to go from 1-0 down to 4-1 up. I know they had a man sent off that day, but to be doing this sort of thing away from home in the Premier League is a bit mental, isn't it, Sam? Um, just how special do you think this team is? I, I remember that Ipswich game very well, um, and I remember it because it, although it was a crazy spell, I, I still felt it was totally expected as you say they were down to 10 men we'd battered them in the first half somehow had gone gone in 1-0 down and it just never seemed in doubt to me I remember saying to the person next to me we'll win this 5-1 and it only turned out to be 4-1 in the end but as I say that game it was never in doubt it was expected what happened on Friday night I did not expect um and as you say I think it's it is the hallmarks of a special team and we we could be i I'm hesitant to say it, but we we could be at the start of a special season. I really hope so. Yeah, I've um, I've always something uh, something about watching Fulham. I don't know. I've been watching for 15, 16 years. Sometimes I just think we have like a little bit of a soft core, but that really doesn't seem to be the case this season. Especially with you know like Polinia and Reed playing week in week out, we just feel this season a little bit harder to beat, and we're getting results that we wouldn't usually get, or I've become accustomed to seeing us not get results in these sorts of games you know what I mean and now we just seem to be getting results you know like the win against Brentford um, you know the win against Brighton and obviously this most recent win against Forest um, yeah it, I just don't really know where this team stops now because we've got a favourable run of fixtures heading into the World Cup you know October and then the two Manchester sides in November but um, 
it'll be really interesting to see where we go in, um, in into the World Cup sort of break, uh, what position we go in in. Yeah, that was our first away win in the Premier League, as I mentioned, after trailing in the game for, for the first time since Boxing Day 2013 when Scott Parker, oh, I've caught fire, scored the winner. How different a position is the club in right now, Tristan, compared to that day in 2013? Because well, I th- feel like we were on a down- downward spiral that whole season and then McGath came in with his uh, cheese rubbing techniques and it just got worse, didn't it? Yeah, I, I I still think I'll, I'll always argue to the death that that season was 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 salvageable. I don't. I, I think you know it was salvageable until relatively late, and we were actually, you know, a a, a very unlucky def- shot deflected off Rita that come off the bar against Hull, probably from having a good chance of staying up in reality. But yeah, we, we, the club was clearly on a downward spiral. You had the back end of the Fayed years where we just didn't spend any money and then the absolute naivety of the Khan years that, that that kind of beset their reign in the opening few few years and that was that was a season that there was a huge example of that um whereas I you know I I, I as as a lot of people I've been quite critical of, of of the ownership at times but I think they're getting a lot of stuff right now and I think you know the the, the transfer window has been by far the best we've had under them both in terms of the quality of the players through the door and, and, and the timing of them. I know Silver wasn't happy that we didn't get a few more in early, but, you know, I, I said a lot during the summer, he's, he's moaning, but he's had it a lot better than the previous two did in, in terms of those players coming in early. So, you, you know, Polina through the door, uh, you, you, you know, what, a month before the start of the season, etc. So, yeah, it, it looks different. It feels different. It feels like there's a real philosophy around the team. And I, I, I can't remember for a long time, probably since the Hodgson years, a team that has seemed to just all be together and bought into what we're trying to do. Even the new players, you know, I, I loved seeing, you know, Williams straight over to the to, to the fans in the celebration. I mean, you know, he's been in the club a couple of weeks and straight over there when those second and third goals went in, he was amongst the first players to come over celebrating. And, uh, you know, that just seems to be running through the whole squad at the moment. I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's lovely to see. And I think... Uh, you, you know, I think as Fulham fans, we we feel like we probably deserve to see some of that now after the the car crashes of the last couple of promotions. Yeah, seasons. well, I think if if we'd gone down this season, it would have been um, it would have been the fourth relegation in a row from the Premier League or something horrible like that, um, which I don't even want to think about. I entertain that prospect, but um, no, let's yeah, not tempt fate there. <laughs> let's not let's not tempt fate. I've, my my desk here is wooden, so I, I think we should be safe. If I could just um, add, actually, um, in terms of that, that Norwich game in 2013, the reason I don't want to equate anything to that was because two days later, we ended up getting beat 6-0 at Hull. Uh, and yeah, as Tristan points sign. out, we were relegated. The comparison I'd much rather make was um, the last time we won a Premier League game, home or away, that we were losing at half-time was April 2009, uh, away at Manchester City when we won 3-1. Um, and we ended that season qualifying for Europe. It's happening again. Pack your passports. Yeah, get get the passports out. Um, Lewis O'Brien scored for Nottingham Forest with a little under 15 minutes to go to make the score 3-2. Uh, this ensured a nervy final few minutes, didn't it? But we held on strong to seal an impressive win. Uh, one thing I sort of my eyes were drawn to was on Friday we were able to bring established names such as Dan James and Carlos Vinicius off the bench, the uh, striker from Benfica. Uh, how much of a difference is having names like these ready to come and impact the side from the bench maker? I mean, I was just looking now at the uh, the bench from the Liverpool game that we start the season with. That had uh, Luke Harris, 
Tari's Francois, uh, Rodrigo Muniz and Jay Stansfield. Not bad players by any stretch, but you know, not, not Premier League quality either. And now we've got um, you know, established international and European footballers ready to come and make a difference and that can only be a good thing, right, can't it, Sam? Absolutely. Um when that Lewis O'Brien goal went in, I was immediately thrown back to my last trip to the city ground, which was almost exactly eight years to the day where we were 3-2 up going into the last 13 minutes and ended up losing 5-3. But Marco Silva isn't Felix McGaff and Dan James and Carlos Vinicius aren't Chris David and Mark Fotheringham. And the fact that we've now got players of that calibre that we are able to bring on when we're trying to see out a game, I think, especially now that the five substitutes rulings come in, I think it's going to be really, really important to the season. Uh, and I was impressed with both of them on, on Friday when they came on. James, you know what you're going to get. He's he's full of pace. Um, he's going to gonna trouble teams as you try and launch a counter-attack. Uh, there was one opportunity that where he had, I think, I can't remember who it was he had inside, but he chose to go for goal and, and got it all wrong. I thought what was really promising about Carlos Vinicius and his cameo, he only came on in injury time. But it must be it must be really difficult for a player like that. He's had the same situation on loan at Tottenham where he's come into the club and he knows that he has no chance of becoming the first choice striker. He knows he's playing second fiddle to Alexander Mitrovic. He's going to play cup games and he's going to get a few minutes at the end of games. And maybe if there's a suspension or, God forbid, an injury, he's going to come in. So I always feel with a player like that, you're really going to want to make the most of the small opportunities that you get. And I've seen it with players like that in the past. I think Abubakar Kamara was always guilty of that, where rather than helping the team see out a game, he would rather try and do something that catches the eye or go for goal. Whereas I thought Vinicius came in those last few minutes when we were just trying to run the the game down and, and seal the points, keep the ball in the corner flag. As I say, he was only on for six minutes, but I thought he did that really, really well. And he's obviously a very professional player, just purely judging by the way that Tottenham players reacted to him um, at the end of the game there a couple of weeks ago. So I haven't seen much of him. We probably won't see much of him in the coming months other than the odd few minutes here and there. But at the moment, I'm I'm, I'm happy he's on board. Yeah, you mentioned... Mitrovic and Vinicius. Um, I was thinking three goals in six minutes, and Alexander Mitrovic wasn't involved in a single one. I was actually um, on the way on the way back from London when this uh, the game was being played, and my phone died, and we were losing one nil. And I got back to my house, and we were three one up. And my dad, I asked my dad who'd scored, and I said, "Was it Mitrovic?" And he said, "No." And I was a bit shocked, but I, in a way, it's um, it's weirdly refreshing. I think Tristan, you know, it sort of lessens the fear that if there was an injury, although he's you know, the majority of our goals uh, and a, an essential part of how we play. It's nice to know that we can score and now create chances without him finishing them off, if you know what I mean. And people may start to see we're more than just a one-man team and all all the players can cause damage in their own way. Yeah, I, no, I think we're obviously more than a one-man team. I would take slight issue with, with one of the things you said there because he was actually involved in all three. I mean, he, he, he's blocked... Mm. Totally doesn't score if he doesn't block the defender. He's he he's obviously you know played that little little shimmy in midfield and laid it out to William for the second, and then it was his ball that set free down that read free down the right. Uh, sorry, the left. 
Um, so, so I think you know he's, he's involved in all three of them. Not, 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 not involved. Just um, you know, not, not. Yeah, not no, I know, I know not, not a goal or not an assist, but he's you know fundamentally, and I think that's actually the point I was coming on to was that that's that that's really how different he is as a player now to the one that we we thought we'd signed, who was an out and out finisher and not a lot else. He's involved in 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 goals, and it's not necessarily the assists or the goals themselves, but he's he's involved in the the early stages of the build up play, which you'd have never thought. So, yeah, brilliant to see other players on the end of it. I mean, I, I think what was the what was the statistic before the game? You know, nine we'd 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 scored nine goals this season, and six of them had been Mitrovic. So, he's still at fifty percent of our goals, but fifty uh, percent is probably a lot better than the seventy percent he was at before. Um, so you you know, and and I think that, that Polina is going to get a few. I think we're, we're, our our wingers that we've had probably aren't the wingers that we've got in the squad that are necessarily going to have the most go, go, goal impact. I think Wilson, you know, we'll we'll see a bit more from him. Um, hopefully Solomon too when he comes through. So I think there are goals in the team, but he definitely needs a bit of that burden lifted off him, and 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 great to see it being shared around, and hopefully. You know that can continue as well. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sure he's going to be. Well, he is going to be a, a vital part of any success we have this season. I was actually talking with some of my mates the other day about you know the north south sort of the teams that Todd Bowley suggested, and I was saying that Mitrovic would start up front in, or he should be starting up front in the south team just based off his uh, performances this season. All my mates were saying no, it should be Gabriel Jesus, should be Harry Kane. But then I'm saying, you know, Mitrovic has scored twice as many goals as Jesus this season. Um, and it's just as important to the way we play as Jesus' Arsenal uh, play. But I think he, he gets um, more of a looking because he's a bigger name playing for a bigger side. But for me, Mitrovic has been arguably the best forward in the league this season, you know, short of Erling Haaland for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, he's just been, my love for him is he, never ending. He's, he's been brilliant. And I, and I had a similar conversation actually with, 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 with some Serbia fans who, you know, because the squad's been announced for the, the, the upcoming games there. And, you know, someone commented that oh, it's got to be Vlajevic up top. Surely, you know, Vlajevic is at Juventus. Mm. Half half the world was 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 after him last summer. And you know, I, I said, well, on current form, you know, which is where the the international managers should be picking their sides. Not even getting into the historical fact with Mitrovic for the national team, of course. But on current form, it's got to be Mitrovic because Vlajevic hasn't had a great start to the season. Juventus haven't had a great start to the season, and it's not necessarily Vlajevic's fault that he hasn't had a good start to the season. But you know, Mitrovic is is performing probably not just not just talking strikers, but he's probably in the top ten players in the Premier League at the moment. Mm, definitely. So, how can you how can you not have him as your as, as your starting man for Serbia? So, you know, I, th- I think that that big club syndrome comes into a lot of people's thinking. But we as Fulham fans are seeing him week in week out, and that was the comment I made to the guy was I think a lot of national team Serbian national team fans would genuinely be shocked if they watched Fulham regularly this season uh, how good he looks because I don't think many people realised probably apart from us you know at Fulham what he had in his locker and and actually what he's got in his locker is 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 a much bigger arsenal than than, than people realized yeah well i know it's been said but i actually think he looks better uh than even last season you know he looks in the shape of his life he's 
he's contributing more to the all-round game this season rather than just you know purely scoring goals, goals, goals. He's he's becoming more important in other areas of the pitch against Brighton. I thought his pressing was amazing and he uses physicality to great effect. Um, yeah, like you say, he's still contributing the goals, but he's such a, a big part of how we play just all across the board. Right, okay, from uh, attackers to defenders, um, Tim Ream, uh, Sam, just how impressive has he been this season? You know, he's leading the way for interceptions in Europe's top five leagues and seems to somehow play better every every week. Um, if you can, sort of sum up how good his performances has been and just how important he is to the side this season. He's just been, he's, he's been amazing. And I don't think anyone was was expecting that. Um, when I think about the American players that we've been lucky to have over the years, uh, Clint Dempsey, Brian McBride, Carlos Bocanegra, in terms of sort of that stereotypical American Hollywood sporting hero attribute of never giving up, and fighting against adversity, I, I think Tim Ream tops the lot because he's been written off time and time again by us, his own fans. We came up in 2018 and he was quickly discarded. We did the same in 2020. Um, and yet he, he stuck around and just was uh, has been an absolute professional on and off the pitch. Um captained the team to the title last year, played almost every minute last season. And as soon as the final whistle went a Bramall Lane on the last day, everyone's saying we can't go into the Premier League season with him as our first choice centre-back. But yet, he's there and yeah, okay. Sometimes he looks his age. Um, There are the odd mistakes. But I think he's just been, he's been fantastic. And even when shunted out to left, left back on Friday uh, up against someone as rapid as, as Brennan Johnson again just puts in a, a performance of just well he just gave everything to it and I think we're, we're, we're lucky to have him not only as a player but just as a person at the club yeah he's a he's, he's obviously one of those members of like the core leadership group with uh, Tom Kearney and Mitrovic and yeah 34 years of age and just every season he uh, he just seems to be getting better and better. I remember people sort of saying he should he should have been done after that first um, championship promotion with the win at Wembley against Villa. They were saying he should go then, but he's just been absolutely incredible. And uh, another another man who played well on Friday was uh, Issa Diop. I thought it was a seriously impressive performance, um, especially sort of given how how poor he looked against Crawley. He just looked like he didn't want to be there, but. Um, Obviously, like I said earlier in the poll, other than Polini, is our sort of only um, big money purchase. And I think if he performs the way he did on Friday consistently, it'll be money. It'll be money well spent, won't it, Tristan? Yeah, I, I, I never, I never kind of want to judge a player before. You know, I think he's he's probably the one that most people have kind of oh, we've overspent there. You know, my West Ham mate. Da 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 da. da. I, I don't care what what he's done. At any other club, really, I'd judge him what, on what he's done at Fulham. Um, I wasn't at Crawley, so I didn't see him. But you know, he, he can't have had a good, <laughs> good game, and obviously from the goals, he didn't look great. Um, but you, you know, yeah, I thought he had a very good game fr- fr- Friday, and I think I, I, I don't know if anyone's kind of noticed. I, I, I've said the last couple of days on Twitter, I just have a little suspicion that you might see him in the Polina role on against Newcastle. I think he might be. 
an option there because I think the the one thing he he actually looked pretty defensively sound although you you, you know as Sam said we looked a little bit susceptible at corners um but the one thing that he did very very well was carry the ball out and he was quite you know he he, he made a couple of really good interceptions where 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 he stopped the ball and then broke up a broke up an attack and sprang sprang one from us and I just wonder if you know that 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 defensive shield as he's you, you know he plays in that role he he could be a good shout for that Polina role because he seems to have a lot of the attributes he'd need for it. Um, and I don't really see other. Obviously, we've got Chalaber, but I, I you know I, he doesn't jump out as someone that we'd be really you, you know oh, great Chalaber's playing. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? No, after, yeah, there weren't many people who played worse uh, than Diop against Crawley, but Chalaber was definitely one of them. I think that has to go down. That Crawley display is individually one of the worst performances I've seen in a long, long time. And in the last 15 years, I, you know, you've seen some absolutely awful things from people in Fulham shirts. But, you know, that's a different story. Obviously, he's a deal, but he looks looks like he can be a promising signing. And I'll be interested to see, actually, who um, who comes in against Newcastle in that sort of role. Um I, was just... I saw I saw Tristan had suggested that um, this week, and it was like a light bulb moment went off, and suddenly I I had these visions. I, I seem to remember him playing in that role for Toulouse, but I went and looked up all his Toulouse games today, and he, he never did. Well, <laughs> if if he wants to lose, he, he scrap be playing for Fulham. <laughs> um, <That's> very good. <laughs> no, I've, I'll wait for that one to land. But it's uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, it's 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 a great idea. It's a great idea. Um, yeah, I guess um, guess we'll go around now and just to go through the man of the matches. Then I think I'm going to go for I'm going to have to go for Joao Polina. I think you know another imperious performance, um, really summed up his time so far on a great strike um, for his goals because it's a two-one lead as it was then. Similar to his one against uh, I think it was Estoril in pre-season. He seems to have a knack of finding the uh, the goal from the edge of the box. But yeah, I love watching him play, and he's going to get my man of the match and. This week, but with an honourable mention for Harrison Reed, of course, for that first goal and the, the pure celebration and emotion that followed after that. Yeah, Sam, who who would you pick, man of the match? I'd I'd have to agree, um, and, and for the same reasons probably that you that you mentioned Harrison Reed. I just I I love the way Paulinho plays and just the passion he shows. Um, thinking back to what, celebrating Mitrovic's goal against Brentford and then the celebrations after the Brighton game and the more of the same when he scored, um, jumping into the crowd, which normally I'd be furious about when one player was away, like a, a booking away from a suspension, but it was totally worth it. Um, and yeah, he's just, he's just an absolute beast on the pitch. But uh, they all they all did well on Friday. Um, it was just one of those nights where I, I couldn't fault anybody. Yeah, it's a night of uh, standout performances. Tristan, who do you pick? Um, I'm I I would pick Pelina, but I'm not going to because you two have, and it's just you know I don't I like to be yeah, as 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 pernickety as I can. So I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Tim. I'm going to go with Tim Ream. I thought you know for someone playing in 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 a left back role that he used to play in, um, but hasn't played in for many years. I thought he he was very good, and I thought you know he the the goal came down from a corner that came down his side. But I've mentioned before, you know Johnson was hanging off his shirt um, for about ten seconds before <laughs> you know he got past him. That that it, it was a clear foul, so it shouldn't have happened anyway. I thought he he dealt with it very well, and then you had the 
you know, the 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 the, the not time wasting, but time management at the end of the game, which was exceptional from him as well. So yeah, I think I think he did very well. And a, and a shout out to um, you know someone not on the pitch, but I, I think a lot of credits go got to go to Marco there. I think we we sometimes you know don't appreciate how much a manager can change a game, but I think he identified you you, you know where we could hurt Forrest and. I, I think I have a feeling that if you were a fly on the wall, it, it was probably a very, very important halftime team talk. So, you know, credit there as well. Yeah, perfect. Uh, well, chaps, I think I think that's that as far as Forest goes. I think we've pulled up all the trees we can. So uh, we'll take a short break and then come back to preview the Newcastle game, which is coming up on October the 1st after the international break. Fulham. Okay, so next up for Fulham after the international break is a clash against Newcastle United, the latest moneybags team in the Premier League. Um, obviously, uh, first thing I want to know is any changes you'd make for the game? Obviously, Polinia is uh, suspended. We don't know about any injuries that may happen in the next 10 days over the international break, but do you see uh, any need to change a winning formula, as it were, Tristan? Uh, well, I think so. So I'm going to assume that Robinson's going to be fit, considering he was... You know, he was questionable in the last couple of days mm. before the Forest game. I'm going to assume that two weeks later he'll be fit. So, I think Robinson into left back, Ream back into centre back, and as as I mentioned, that you know Diop potentially moving into that defensive midfield role. As a result, I think it it, it ticks a couple of boxes there. It it it, cut, it gives you you know that cover for Polina, but it also means that he's kind of effectively rewarded for what was a very decent you know full debut for us. Um, in 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 the league um, by keeping at a place, if not the same place, in the next squad. Other than that, um, I, I probably wouldn't change anything. I think you might again depends on injuries. You might see Wilson on the bench. Um, he, he cut a surely. I mean, it was he said six or seven weeks at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah, that was the next. That was the next thing I was going to ask uh, Sam. Um, do you know? Do you think we'll see Harry Wilson back in the squad and? Does he get into the squad, you know, the way the current sort of starting eleven have been playing? And what do you think he'll bring to the side when fit? he certainly get into the squad. Um, I'm just not convinced we're going to see him anytime soon. Reading between the lines, between uh, just uh, some comments that, that Marco made last week, because there were pictures of him back with the group uh, that Fulham had posted. But Marco came out and kind of made the point that he, he wasn't that close at the moment. Uh, and I just worry that it's perhaps more serious than we've been led to believe. Um, but certainly, I- I'm I'm keen to see what he can do at this level because he has been a player in the past. Um, his season with Bournemouth, he's the player that I've said, and I, I hate doing this because it-, it seems pretty knee jerk. And as Tristan mentioned earlier, in terms of West Ham f- fans commenting on on Diop. Um, but I thought before that perhaps he's a player who can look very, very good in the championship and then does struggle with the step up. But I'm I'm willing to be made to look foolish in that regard. Um, but otherwise, other than the enforced change, I don't think we'll see see much difference. Marco hasn't wanted to to make changes. I think we've only made five changes to the starting eleven this season, which is the fewest of any team who have played seven games. Um, he's clearly wants players who knows what they're doing well, which is the reason I think we saw William come in on Friday night because obviously he'd been training with the squad for much longer than 
just the period that he's actually been officially registered. Yeah, no, I think I think Marco wants the um, the players to be sort of embedded into the team by the time they you know they come around to start the games. I'm just trying to think back to the Liverpool game, but I think Polina was maybe the only summer signing we've made up to that point. Obviously, we actually started that game against Liverpool, and he signed on. I think it was July the fourth. It was Monday, and I was in Finland. Weirdly. Um, and that game's August the 6th, so he'd obviously had a month with the team. Willian has obviously had X amount of weeks and training sessions before he was announced. Um, and then yeah, we, we, we saw it with, with Bernd Leno as well. Many people just expected him to mm. immediately take Walk the number one the spot. Team. Marco is clearly someone who is willing for, for players to keep it until he feels there is a reason to replace them. Um, and... I, I think it's just another factor in what makes for a very happy mm. squad. At per- the Pereira was was started that Liverpool game as well. Oh, Pereira as well. Yeah, of course. I don't know how I've forgotten that one. It's just been such a such a sort of whirlwind few weeks with Fulham since since that game, and then he can go missing Wolves. for periods. To be fair, yeah, has been has been known to do that. The, the preseason Perlo, as uh, Man United fans called him. Um. So, score, score prediction for this game. I'm just looking at Newcastle's recent form and their 10th place with uh, 8 points from 7 games. Actually winless uh, since the, since uh, 6th of August, their first game of the season against Nottingham Forest. Um, you know, they've, they've only lost one against Liverpool, but they've you know, drawn against Man City, Brighton and Bournemouth amongst others. Uh, yeah, how do you see this one going, guys? Tristan, we'll start with you. Um... I'm. I, I think a, a, a lot of my view on this depends on whether the player that I think is their best player is is back or not. Apparently, he's he's very very fifty fifty. Saint Maximin um, is very fifty fifty for the game, and I think he could be. It'd be it'd be one that will be a real tough t- tough test for our defence. So I think I'm going to give you two predictions. I think if Maximin plays, we get a. Last gasp equaliser and draw one all. I think if he doesn't play, we win two one. Do you, do you see Mitrovic scoring against his old club? Definitely, he's he def, he's definitely going to break that duck because he hasn't done yet in the in the three or four games he's played no, against. He's, I, he's I agree. I, I think I, I can see a goal coming. Uh, Sam, uh, what what do you what do you see coming on the horizon? Uh, well, my prediction is if Mitrovic does score against Newcastle, he will definitely celebrate it. Um. <laughs> I think there's a yellow card in there somewhere. Undoubtedly, uh, I think they're there for the taking. I, I think uh, they were talked up a lot during the summer, mainly because of the the way Eddie Howe came in and, and steadied the ship, and then obviously the extra finances that they now have available. But they're not doing particularly well, as you say. Haven't won since the opening weekend. Um, really struggled against Bournemouth at the weekend. Who, unless they are actually a brilliant team that were held back by Scott Parker for a long time. Um, <laughs> isn't a particularly great result. So we can beat them, but as I said earlier, Paulinho will be a miss. Uh, but we, we, we have a tendency to do well well against them, whether it's whether it's Clint Dempsey thumping in a hat-trick or, or Damian Duff winding them up. We always seem to, to do well, and I can see us getting a 2-1 win. Yeah, I think... I think I'm going to go for. I want to go for a win because you know, got. To, I've always said you've got to remain optimistic whilst there's still a reason to be optimistic. And I think I'm going to. I'm going to go for a two-one win as well. I think Mitrovic will score, and I think there'll be a goal for Bobby Decker Dover Reed. Don't know why, but I can just sort of see it happening. 
Um, yeah, so... Well, we'll just go with a Harrison Reed hat trick. <laughs> what, in a 2-1 win? <laughs> own goal. Well, own goal as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I think then that's that for this week then. Uh, thanks for listening and thanks to Sam and Tristan for joining me on this podcast. Feel Fulham Focus Fix throughout the whole week. Then we're on Twitter at Fulham underscore Focus. Instagram is at Fulham Focus and the website is www.fulhamfocus.com. We're heading into the international break now, but the next show will be out this time next week on Wednesday the 28th of September. Until then, goodbye and thanks again for listening. I've been Dylan Chavas and this was your Full and Focus podcast. Fulham.